1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: The Tolkien Road episode 171. Tolkien and the Meaning of Life. Welcome to The Tolkien Road, episode 171. The episode that may or may not be plagued by extreme technical difficulties. <laughs> we will keep you posted on that one, of course. So...
3: Wait, we probably won't need to keep them posted. they will probably be able to tell.
2: Yeah. it It looks like everything's working. We're just not hearing ourselves super well, so... I'm just... I'm going to slowly fade out the music here, and we're going to get talking.
3: Let's do it.
2: All right. We are doing it. Right on. We're making it happen.
3: I think we need to just, yeah, get on it.
2: I'm going to turn up the monitor here so I can hear myself better. Hear my lovely much better. Maybe the monitor was just too far down. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Um, So we are, this is episode 171. And we, I kind of, I kind of th- decided to call an audible. I think, I think on last week's episode, I mentioned that we were going to discuss the quest for Erebor or the quest of Erebor. I can never remember which preposition it is. Uh, from Unfinished Tales, and I and I was prepped for that. And I'm actually want to do a two part episode on it. But this has been a really busy week, and this is kind of a busy time of year for us because. We got school starting back up and then I was doing uh baseball tryouts today. I wasn't trying out. Uh I I was watching I was watching eleven and twelve year old kids try out for baseball and and just other stuff. It was the, the Feast of the Assumption this week and my mom came to visit last night and things <laughs> just got crazy, right? So um
3: excuses, excuses, excuses I'm
2: you know, I'm sure everybody's just shaking their head. Like just you, you failed us, John. Yeah, so
3: I'm sure they're very disappointed.
2: Yeah. Um, so anyway, all that being said, I, and, and I, you know, I was just like, you know what? I kind of want to do a letter. Cause I, I, you all, you all know if you have listened to this podcast from, uh, from the beginning that, that I really love Tolkien's letters and there's so much good stuff in there and they're very worthy of discussion. So, we're done with the Hobbit, and I, I feel like I want to do, a, you know, some some more letters with some more frequency. And the good thing about the letters is they're a little bit easier just to. There, there's not necessarily as much preparation required for us. Right. We can yeah. just kind of talk about what he's saying in the letters. So, uh, not to say that they're always that straightforward, which we'll talk about.
3: Uh, right. Yeah.
2: Um, but I was anyway. going
3: to say that did, did I did I read the wrong letter? <laughs>
2: We're going to be talking about Letter 310 today and the letters of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, which you should pick up a copy of and I will have a link to in the show notes if you don't. Um, Before we dive in, I did want to mention Patreon, of course. Um, uh, Please head on over to Patreon and consider supporting this podcast for $1 per episode. And you can set your limit wherever you like it but we appreciate any level of support you can provide over there and if you haven't done so already please leave us a five star review on iTunes and say all kinds of wonderful things about us so I, I wanna I want to actually transition our correspondence because uh, we receive so much good correspondence and I you know I always like uh, I always struggle to get it to maybe get it into the episode but I enjoy reading it and discussing it with, uh, on the air. So what I'm, what I'm thinking about doing is, is having starting to have Q and a episodes where uh-huh. these can be like, you, you guys can write in and ask us questions about Tolkien and, you know, things that, you know, what do we think of this? What do we think of that? And we will deal with them on the air so
3: can they also just leave comments
2: yeah and, and i was kind of thinking it would be a good time to like kind of run through all, all the other stuff that's maybe just kind you know like things they wanted to say to us or yeah um uh hate mail you know all that kind of stuff Ooh, so
3: yeah we gotta keep it balanced yeah yeah so
2: um
3: so we just have whole episodes where we just do correspondence
2: right and but you know i'd love it to be if there's like a couple of really good questions thrown in there like you know hey I was wondering about this, or what do you make of this, and these sorts of these sorts of issues. Or, like, past episodes where we haven't, you know, it's been a long time since that episode, and you we said something back there, and you feel like, oh, well, I can't really ask about that, because it was so long ago. You know, hey, send us a question about it, or say, hey, I think you were wrong on this point, or whatever. It's just a kind of a grab bag opportunity for you all, and when I feel like I've got enough good stuff to, you know, maybe try to do it on, you know, I'd love to do that monthly. Maybe we can't do that initially, but if we can get to a point where we're just getting good, you know, good stuff that mm-hmm. can be like a monthly one of the episodes every month. It's just like a, fun. The Q and A slash mailbag yeah. uh, episode. So
3: yeah, that sounds good.
2: And um and yeah, I think that would be fun. And, and and here's the other thing. We've got I've added something new to the website called SpeakPipe, and this is a tool where you can actually go and record yourself, uh, like the audio of yourself. So if you have a question or something like that you want to ask just head on over to tokenroad.com, and uh, you can actually, we'll play you on the air if you leave, if you like, uh, you know, as long as there's nothing vulgar, we'll play you on the air and, um, and, you know, and respond to your question that way. And wow. for now, since that's a new thing and I want people to use it, um, we will like those things will get priority. Right. So um, if, if you leave a comment or something like that over speak pipe, then, you know, we'll try to get you on the next episode as best we can. Yeah, so,
3: cool beans. Yeah. So, exciting stuff. Yeah.
2: Most definitely. So, I thought it'd be fun to try to throw a couple of curveballs at you. We will get back to our episode on Erebor. And, uh, and I actually want to make that a two parter. Um, and I'm actually, you know, we've been thinking about what are we going to do next? All this kind of stuff in terms of the big works. I'm actually kind of thinking that I want to do a detour and go back and, and like, just do a deep dive on the second age for a while because oh. the second age is obviously going to be the focus of yeah the show of the of the show mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i want to be like beefed up and i want all of you guys to be beefed up so that you know we're ready to really enjoy the show and also like i just want i my hope is that we're still far enough out to where um you know maybe it maybe it's possible we can influence this group of people to you know who are writing this show to say like hey let's make sure we get it right you know maybe maybe we Hmm. can find some insights and you know who knows
3: um so we'll do that instead of the biography or the yeah i'm kind of taking i'm kind of taking
2: it week to week right now um i can tell so but you know we just i mean gosh i mean hey cut me some slack here greta We just did how many episodes, and we went through the Silmarillion, the Lord of the Rings, and the Hobbit? Oh, you're just going to
3: pat yourself on the back now, huh?
2: So, I don't know. I think you can
3: do whatever you want, since you just finished all the major works all by yourself. I'm losing my mind. (laughs) The truth is revealed.
2: Oh, did did I whisper that out loud?
3: Oh, wait, maybe that was just telekinetic. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they don't know what the truth is that I just said was revealed. But I think
2: they they do you're you're starting to talk like you're writing like you're in a tolkien letter right
3: now that i'm in a tolkien letter that i'm part
2: that you're that maybe you're reading a tolkien letter your your mind is thinking like a tolkien letter right now i think
3: i think it could be all right
2: let's talk about letter 310 good um let's so yeah letter letter 310 so this is to this was addressed to camilla unwin and just a little background on camilla unwin she is the, uh, uh, was, is the daughter of Rainer Unwin. And Greta, do you remember who Rainer Unwin is?
3: Uh, he's the, the son of Stanley Unwin.
2: True. You're looking at my notes. You're I cheating. Am.
3: I'm totally cheating because I have no idea who he is. Okay.
2: <laughs> All right. So Rainer Unwin was the little kid who, is, you're right, his father was Stanley Unwin, mm-hmm. who was the publisher that received the manuscript for The Hobbit and then what okay. stanley would do was he would hand the the manuscripts for like these kids books off to his son rayner and be okay. like read this and write a review for me and he apparently gave him one shilling for every review um, which i don't know how much that is um
3: i don't think it's very much
2: it sounds like the uh, you know the old here's a dime jimmy go down to the <laughs> go down to the candy store <laughs> and buy yourself a licorice, licorice
3: whip,
1: whip.
2: yeah um so I, I don't know how much that is cuz i'm not british and uh, I
3: think it's I think it's more than a penny, but not quite a dollar.
2: Is it a sixpence?
3: It might be a sixpence. Oh,
2: maybe it might be. Actually, um, I don't know. I'm you're...
3: sorry, all of our British listeners. I'm really sorry. I know. Wait, do they even use shillings anymore? No, I thought everybody's doing the what euros. What the bloody hell? They don't even know. <laughs> don't even know what a shilling is worth. I'm done with these people.
2: There you go, sounding Australian again. I know.
3: I was thinking, I was like, I sound kind of like Sharon. I was right listening
2: now. to a podcast the other day. It was a. Uh, oh it was conan who's like my favorite yeah conan Conan o'brien needs a friend um and he had dana carvey on you know who dana carvey is right dana Dana carvey is the guy who played um wayne or garth and wayne yeah yeah and he's hilarious he's both like those like those two human beings are hilarious and you get them in a room together and it's just like you're just like it's like my sides my (laughs) side right can't Um, breathe can't breathe i can't breathe yeah and um but Dana Carvey was talking because he's an impressionist. Dana Carvey's an impressionist, right? Right, right, yeah. And he was talking about how, you, like, the different like nuances of doing like an Australian accent versus doing a British accent, and a, mm. you know, and and I it got me thinking of you because, <laughs> because, yeah, because your struggles to do all the different. I, it is. And he's like, with the Australian, you've got to kind of get, you kind of gotta. Kind of, Get in the back of the th- back of the throat and sharon's shaking her head shaking her fist at us right now hmm. um
3: I feel like maybe i need to listen to that podcast yeah it was maybe it, it would be helpful for me
2: it was really really funny um but anyway um yeah so rainer, so rainer would buy rainer or get paid a shilling would get paid a shilling to do these reviews review. and so he gave the review of the hobbit and and then the rest is history, right? Because okay. his dad was like, well, sounds like you liked it, so that's good enough. He, he, I'll actually read it since we just finished The Hobbit. Here's what Raynor said about The Hobbit. Bilbo Baggins was a hobbit who lived in his hobbit hole and never went for adventures. At last, Gandalf, the wizard, and his dwarves persuaded him to go. He had a very ex- uh, exiting, spell it, yeah, the sick, It's ex- exciting is what it's supposed to be, exiting time fighting goblins and wargs. At last, they get to the Lonely Mountain. Smaug, the dragon who guards it, is killed, and after a terrific battle with the goblins, he returned home. Rich, this book, with the help of maps, does not need any illustrations. It is good and should appeal to all children between the ages of five and nine. Five and go. nine. Yeah. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have J. R., We have that review to thank for J.R.R. Tolkien. Can
3: we just say that's not really a review? That's a synopsis.
2: That's that's a little kid being like, hey, dad, pay me some money. Yeah. So I can go buy a licorice whip. Because
3: he didn't say what he thought about it. He just says what happens. Right. But hey, it well, got he does, us The Hobbit, so he, it's fine.
2: He does say um, it is good and should appeal to all children between the ages of five and nine.
3: I know. I just feel that so like it just leaves so much wanting.
2: Well, it's a good thing you weren't Stanley Unwin because we thing. might not have The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings or right. any of this.
3: I mean, how old was was Ra- Ra- Rainer when he wrote that?
2: Uh, when he wrote that, he was, I think he was ten. He, yeah, it says he was ten. He wrote uh, that in nineteen thirty six. Okay,
3: I'm gonna excuse him then, because that's yeah. probably about what I would expect from our ten year old as far as a review goes. Yeah.
2: and Now can I go watch some TV? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, that's the that's who Rainer is. So K- Kamala is, um. Or Isn't Cam- it Camilla? Camilla? I don't know. I think it's Camilla. Camilla
3: is his daughter.
2: Cam- Camilla is his daughter, and she was probably my my guess is she was maybe a little older than than uh, Rainer was when he wrote that review at this time because this is 1969 when and and Camilla had written to Tolkien and been like, you know, you you maybe did a project like this when you were in high school, right? Where you're like you have to find some wise old person and ask them about you know, different things. And I definitely did that. I remember, I I remember doing those, Mm -hmm. doing those projects. And, you know, you like ask, I don't remember ever asking like somebody like, what's the meaning of life? But I remember like kind of an oral history of like, what was it like to live through the Kennedy assassination or something like that? Right. Yeah. And, um, but she asked her assignment was apparently what is the purpose of life, which I think is really cool. And I think that's a question that people should just like have to write letters about anyway on a regular basis. Yeah. And yeah. so this is Tolkien's letter about his answer to this question. So it is addressed to a, you know, probably my guess is she's probably like 13 or 14. Okay. Um, okay. Because like a 10 year old, I can't really see them doing a project no. on what is the purpose yeah. of life. But like for a, for a, you know, teenager, I can see them starting to deal with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Starting to think mm-hmm. like, what's the purpose of life? Yeah. And, um,
3: I think Emilia got a little bit more than she bargained for.
2: I was thinking that same thing. I was yeah. well, so I got, we were talking about this the other day. I got asked to write something for our uh church like church bulletin and and i was like i was like okay i've really got to work hard to not like overdo this because this is going like this is like it's a big it's a big parish we go to and so there's lots of people and i know just from experience that i have you know i can get i can go way over people's heads sometimes nerd (laughs) thank you no problem it's true and so i'm like consciously trying to make this like 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 good, but like
3: But accessible. But accessible. Yeah.
2: To your to your average person in the pew. Yeah. <laughs> and of course the other the other day, uh the person who edits the bulletin for us is like, hey, that's really good, but do you think you could dumb it down a little bit? <laughs> it's <laughs> I, too
3: smart. And
2: uh and I'm like I'm like, I can't. I tried already. <laughs> so uh I was thinking of that when I was reading Tolkien's letter here because I was like, man, this, this girl, I mean, look, her dad, I'm sure she was a smart kid. Like her dad was, you know, her dad was a publisher himself and was the son of a publisher. And, um, you know, so I don't think they were any, any sorts of slouches or anything like that. Right. Um, but even so it's like, wow, it's like,
3: whoa. Yeah. Deep. I had to reread lots of it several times. And it's
2: also not, it's also not like a lot of Tolkien's letters are like this. You have to be patient with them because there's so much good content in them, but they aren't... You have to kind of think about what he's actually right. saying. They're not super accessible. Right. Yeah. He doesn't, like... Um, I mean, these are letters. These are probably letters he'd, like, dashed off pretty quickly and didn't take a lot of time to edit. And um, because he was probably he was probably... Oh, gosh, bother. I have to write this letter now and I'd rather be writing, working on the backstory of some random character in the Silmarillion. Right. right? Right. Yeah. Um, But, or perfecting my ninth made up language that I've created. Um,
3: Oh yeah. So many other things. So many other things that you need to be doing. Yeah. So,
2: um, so it's, but that's what we want to do. We want to kind of, we want to kind of deal with that and understand like, because I think, I think what he says here is really good and it helps you at least at the very least, if you like Tolkien's work, you, you get, I mean, anytime you get to hear somebody who you appreciate Answer: What is the purpose of life? You should be you should be wanting to hear that. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? I
3: totally agree. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, I mean, that certainly goes for me. And um, so, anyway, I'm excited to talk about that. Well, let's do it. All right. Um, okay. So he starts off and he says, "Dear Miss Unwin, I am sorry my reply has been delayed. I hope it will reach you in time." What a very large question. I like what he says here. He says, "I do not think opinions, no matter whose, are of much use without some explanation of how they are arrived at." But on this question, it is not easy to be brief.
3: That's so true. Yeah, I mean, everyone is entitled to their opinion, right. absolutely. But explain it.
2: Right. Well, and it's it's interesting he says that because probably the part of the reason she's writing to him is because oh, this is this great author, and, and I'm I'm sure like in the Unwin family, it was like he he was probably I'm sure he was I don't know if they were like super close, but they were there was probably like a a connect, you know, a family connection. I mean, given how much the Unwin family had meant to his writing career, literary career. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's probably like, Oh, right. Uncle, uncle Ronald and ask him. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so he's kind of like, well, if you want to know my opinion, I have to say that I'm just another person and it's not really matter what my opinion is. It's how did I get there? Right. 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 Um, so according to Tolkien, it doesn't matter so much, his opinion it matters how he arrives at his opinion so and i think that's a wise way to start start the answer to this question
3: yeah i agree
2: so next off you've got um in the next paragraph he says what does the question really mean purpose and life both need some definition so he wants to define the terms um now this is funny because i kind of feel like he he was like yeah we should really define our terms then he kind of kind of runs off from there and doesn't doesn't uh proceed as methodically as maybe he was hoping to, to do so from the start um but it, but nevertheless, he has good stuff to say. Um, <clears throat> it is a purely human and—is uh, it a purely human and moral question, or does it refer to the universe? Right? It might mean, how ought I to try to, and use the lifespan allowed to me? Or what purpose slash design do living things serve by being alive? The first question, however, will find an answer, if any, only after the second has been considered. So I want to pause there because I think this will help us later on when he talks about the smaller question— I think the smaller question is the second one here, which is, um, how, uh, what purpose and design do living things serve by being alive? Um, and then the bigger question is how ought I to try and use the lifespan allowed to me? Mm -hmm. So those are the big, those are the big questions. So he's saying like, like what, you know, I think basically what he's saying is like, what is the purpose for your, like for a human being, what is the purpose of life? Right? Like what, why are we here? And then he's saying, like, th- there's another aspect to this of, of where did all this come from? Right? Like, what is, what is the greater purpose of life for everything? Right. Right. Yeah. For and the, how for, do we fit into that? For existence itself. He's asking the existential question there. Right. So, um, I think it, it's important because he, it's important to understand those two aspects because he doesn't, he kind of talks about smaller and larger questions and, and he doesn't necessarily come back, but I think that's what he's referring to. So the smaller one would be, well, we'll come back to that. We're going to have to make sure we understand. (laughs) Um, He says, I think the questions about purpose are only really useful when they refer uh, to the conscious purposes or objects of human beings or to the uses of things they design and make. As for other things, their value resides in themselves. They are, they would exist even if we did not. But since we do exist, one of their functions is to be contemplated by us. So he points to contemplation, which is really interesting.
3: Yeah. Um, he
2: he thinks to himself that since these other things exist, uh, anything like anything from a and he says like from a plant to an animal to the things you see in the sky, whatever. Uh, since these things exist, part of their function is to be contemplated by us. Part of their purpose is to be contemplated by our our minds.
3: So put there for our benefit,
2: right? For our for our contemplation. For our contemplation. Yeah. Now that the term contemplation is a very loaded term, especially for mm-hmm. a uh, for a Catholic, because um, it has a contemplative prayer is this sort of prayer where you're, um, you, it's it's like the pinnacle of prayer. Basically, mm-hmm. you try to enter into this state of contemplative prayer where you're just you're basically your mind is completely uh, open to God, right? And, and to yeah. the, ex- mm-hmm. into all uh, the existential reality of God, right? Like you're just completely, completely open to him. And so, and that's not an easy place to arrive at. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily that, that, that's what he means here, but, um, but he, he is talking about contemplation as being something attached to the purpose of life which is good because I feel like that's kind of what our purpose is on this, on this show, right? Yeah. We, we want to contemplate, um, the works of Tolkien and, and derive and, and thereby derive the benefit that we can from contemplating his works. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, what kind of benefit? Well, to live better lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that to me is part of the reason you contemplate, um, literature or other artistic works is to bring you to an even deeper, uh, bring bring you to an even better state in life, right? Bring you to an ever be- even better way of living your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's part of that reflection yeah. on what does this mean? So, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. So for Tolkien, contemplation is, uh, is, is a big part of all of this this. Um, he, he goes on in the next paragraph to, um, to say like the human curiosity drives at the question of how. Uh, in what way did everything come to be? You know, and then why? Why did everything come to be? Um, and when he gets to that question of why, he says why can only refer to it. Like you, why can only refer to a mind, right? Like if you ask the universe, why did you come to be? like that that presumes that there's a mind behind the universe, right? Or that the universe has a mind itself. Right? Yeah. Otherwise you're just asking it into the in into the darkness. Does
3: right. that make sense? Right, yeah. Yeah, that does make sense.
2: You know, um because if you're just like, "Oh universe, why are you here?" right? Um you're you're assuming, you know, you, you, people do ask that rhetorically, but it's if they are asking it rhetorically, they're asking it like to what end right really mm-hmm. you know you yeah. with me yeah
3: i'm yeah i am i'm
2: i'm just trying to say what tolkien is yeah
3: no i and i i appreciate that i'm just having a really hard time wrapping my brain around it and finding the words <laughs> yeah that i need to kind of express what i think i'm thinking
2: yeah well
3: this is very steep stuff
2: yeah it is um he says only a mind can have purposes in any way or degree akin to human purposes.
3: And that's absolutely true. Yeah. You need a mind, right? Yeah. For there to be a purpose. Right. There has to be some kind of informed being or informed state in order for things to to come into existence. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so um so he's, you know, he's he's putting out there like if if we Human curiosity always drives to this question of why. We always get back to this question of why. Why is it this way? Um, We're always pushing, wanting to push beyond that, you know, that, that curtain, right? Pull back that curtain and say, okay, why is it this way? And, and we hope to find behind that curtain a deeper, a deeper knowledge, right? A deeper mind, Mm -hmm. right? So, but ultimately, it presumes that there is an answer to that question of why, that somebody is capable of answering that question why.
1: Um, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casinos style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little, actually a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: So why did life, the community of living things appear in the physical universe? Introduces the question. Is there a God, a creator, designer, a mind to which our minds are akin being derived from it so that it is intelligible to us in part? With that we come to religion and the moral ideas that proceed from it. Um he says so and the reason he arrives there is you know he's basically saying you know obviously Tolkien believed in God and so um and so he kind of lays out an argument for here he's laying out an argument for why he believes in God. Um and part of it is just like the the question of intelligibility trying to make sense of the cosmos, right? How could it all be here without a mind behind it, right right yeah uh how could we how could anything even exist, including us without a mind behind it? and he says with that, we come to religion and the moral ideas that proceed from it that may be that may feel like kind of a big leap um but i i I think what he's saying here is like we we come to the question of like theology, like trying to understand who this God is, right, who is this higher power right? Yeah. That created everything, mm-hmm. behind everything. Yeah. Um,
3: I think that makes complete sense.
2: And the morals thing is a little bit different. He says, of those yeah. things, I will only say that morals have two sides, derived from the fact that we are individuals, as in some degree are all living things, but do not, cannot live in isolation and have a bond with all other things, even ever closer up to that absolute bond with our own humankind. Um, so he basically says like, we have a bond with other with other things. And so there is a moral, there is a moral dimension to that. Um, now I think there's, for me, I think I'm also, I would have thrown in there something about free will. Right. Um, and because I don't know that, like, I don't, I don't feel like animals have a moral dimension to them and is more, are not moral actors. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, nor are any other,
3: they just operate more on instinct, like, right? Innate instinct. Yeah
2: now i don't know maybe you know there's no like an, an, an animal can't be a criminal right like right. an animal can't commit a crime right um and uh and and if we're getting into religious uh religious talk it can't commit a sin either it just does what it's what it's like does what it what it has to do by instinct right yeah it's survival um, right yeah so um but he but he does put forward here that that there is a moral dimension to, to our lives. So he says, so morals should be, to, to human lives at least. So morals should be a guide to our human purposes, the conduct of our lives, the ways in which our individual talents can be developed without waste or misuse, and without injuring our kindred or interfering with their development. Uh, beyond this and higher lies self sacrifice for love. So there's two, so to break that down, he, he makes that two parts. Morals should be a guide to our human purposes first, because um, our individual talents, need to be developed without waste or misuse and second because that we don't want to injure others which is really interesting because kind of the the modern way of looking at morals in general and especially in western culture is like um we don't want to inter we we basically want don't want to injure our kindred or interfere with their development right we don't we want to um live by the golden rule right um don't hurt others basically
3: do unto others But,
2: but it's, and that's why it's interesting. he threw in the first part first, which is we have a responsibility to use our own talents in, in a moral way. Right.
3: Being good stewards.
2: Yeah. Of ourselves. Yeah. Right.
3: And the gifts we've been given. Which
2: is not, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's something that you hear as much, but,
3: um. Like with regards to morals. Right. You mean? Like,
2: and, and if we do, it's like, well, you have a, you know, the most, maybe the most, um, uh and and i don't want to get way into a particular uh a probably controversial issue but um but there is a lot i think growing acceptance for something like um euthanasia or assisted suicide right Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. sense of like well you know if you don't want to live your life anymore then you don't have to live your life anymore and um and I think the reason people look at that is because they've forgotten the first part, right? The ways in which our individual talents can be developed without waste or misuse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and not to parse the words there, but just to be like, there is a responsibility to use to that we 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 don't just own ourselves, right? If there's some greater power that put us here, then we have a responsibility to that greater power in terms of what He's given us,
3: yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: what what they have given us, so. Um anyway, interesting ass interesting thoughts about morality yeah, there. Definitely. And then he says, but these are only answers to the smaller question. And again, I get confused about what the smaller question is here. <laughs> um I think it's I think it's this the smaller question I think is the um what purpose or design or uh it it the smaller question is how ought I to try and use the lifespan allowed to me? Um, which is where he gets into that moral question. Um, but I like, I think what he says next is really interesting. He asks, if we ask why God included us in his design, we can really say no more than because he did that. There's this, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to know, like, that's, that's funny because he says like the why question is at, you know, we ask why, why is all this here? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. And the only answer we might get is because, is because we are and because someone put us here, right? Because, because God put us here Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, that, you know, that's, uh, I, I find that, I find that kind of be a pretty interesting, a pretty interesting wall to run up against. Um, then he takes to task the idea that, you know, if you don't believe in a personal God, right. Um, then it's would seem like the purpose of life is essentially unaskable and unanswerable.
3: Because, there's no answer to the how mm-hmm. and to the why. Right. Because there's no higher being that you believe is the answer to that.
2: Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, a person who doesn't believe in God might push back and say, well, he just said that all you're going to get from God is because is because he felt like it isn't, it's kind of an arbitrariness. And <clears throat> to a certain extent, that's true, but you have a mind behind it, right? That you have a, mm-hmm. you have a mind behind it and there might be a, there might be more to say on that subject, right? There might be more than just like because I felt like it, right,
3: right. which is interesting that he kind of went from this this i you know this uh we can really say no more than because he did to putting the adjective personal in front of God mm-hmm. that seems like an interesting leap to me because I feel like he's gone from just like a very kind of ambiguous idea of a higher power whoever mm-hmm. that might be that you name to personal god yeah do you know what i'm saying because a personal god that makes him much more relatable and much more approachable where instead of just this nebulous kind of being that's mm-hmm. out there you know what i'm saying
2: yeah well it, it is um that's a great thing to pick up on because I think a lot hinges on how you define that word personal.
3: Oh, it does. Absolutely. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, I think it can be, I think it may be a more philosophical term like, uh, than then we, than either of us realize, cause neither of us are trained philosophers. But, um, because when you, when, when your average person hears the word personal, they're just going to think of like kind of a human person. Right. That, and yeah. and they're going to think on our level of existence, right? Mm-hmm. Um but that's not necessarily everything that is meant when you talk about a personal god. Now here's here's the problem is like I'm, you know, I'm a uh I I believe in God, right? Um I and and I believe in God not just in terms of like revelation but also on a natural level that like I don't think that anything would be here if there weren't a mind behind mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. right? Behind yeah. it all. Yeah. Um and I just don't see how you can I I just don't see how that's possible, right? Um and um but what does that mean to then call that god personal? Is it just that there's a mind, right? That there that there's a like that it that this god has a mind? Um and that's where it kind of, you know, yeah. it can trip me up a little bit. It can trip me up too. Saying.
3: And I was just going to say when I think of the word personal, and I want what I think of is someone that that means something mm-hmm. to me. Someone that I have a relationship with, but I can see where it could also be meant. It can also be interpreted in a different way too, right? Meaning, it's someone who's has a hand in, you know, in creating persons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: there's probably an aspect of that too to to relatable, yeah, right? Relatable, and on some yeah. le- on some level. Um, that other persons like ourselves could relate to, not necessarily a human person, but a, you know, a great you know a, a someone a relata- that a relatable intelligence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um. So I don't know. That's that's a whole loaded question of what does that term "personal" yeah. actually yeah, mean is. there. Uh, but Tolkien jumped to it, and I'm willing to kind of trust him that he's using it well there, mm-hmm. um, given yeah. his probably much better education than I ever had. Um, he says what is the purpose of life is unaskable and unanswerable if you if you don't believe in this personal god. Uh to whom or what would you address the question? Uh and, I, and let me say this too. I think it's very important to emphasize that Tolkien is not necessarily in a, in any of this at this point insisting on the uh the catholic view of god, right? Um like he's not he's not shoving that down her throat. He's trying to logically kind of get her to uh, like to understand why he's why you know kind of some first steps yeah right of yeah. of how he approaches the meaning of life right and why he believes in god right um and this is a distinction as catholic you know, like we're often told like kind of here in catholic circles is like you know on a natural level you believe in the existence you know god can be kind of understood to exist although we may not know a lot about him right um Whereas on a—and then that, and that's where revelation and theology come in. And he doesn't really talk too much about any of that in this letter. Um, so, um, to whom or what would, uh, would you address the question? But since in an odd corner of the universe, things have developed with minds that ask questions and try to answer them— he's talking about us, we're that odd corner of the universe— you might address one of these peculiar things. Um, as one of them, I should venture to say, I am as I am. Um, there is nothing you can do about it. You may go on trying to find out what I am, but you will never succeed. And why you want to know, I do not know. Perhaps the desire to know for the mere sake of knowledge is related to the prayers that some of you address to what you call God. At their highest, these seem simply to praise him for being, as he is, and for making what he has made, uh, as he has made it. Um, So, um, he he kind of looks and says, looks at the phenomenon of prayer there.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: and 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 read something into that, um, and says you know at some level these prayers seem to just be the point of them seem to be praising God, right? Praising the one who's behind everything. Um,
3: Well, also the, the the desire to know, right, is what is what is um is is what is what drives us to prayer. Really, is what he's saying too, right? Isn't he?
2: Yeah, he is. You're right. Um, perhaps the desire to know for the mere sake of knowledge is related to the prayers that some of you address to what you call God. Um, and I mean, this is something, you know, I feel like when I'm, you know, thinking about the, you know, the state of the world, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I probably daily, I just feel like I ask like kind of in a prayerful way, ask God like, why? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, why is a certain thing this way? Why does this have to be this way? Um, you know, I think, I, I don't know, I mean, I think there's a, I think that's where you get, and as you start to, enter, as you enter into a deep relationship with with God, as you develop this, you start wanting to ask the question of why, and it's really interesting to look at a lot of religious texts, and um, like the Psalms, you know, there's a lot of asking why, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, and lots of times in very elevated language, but but that's essentially what is what's it's being asked.
3: Right. And that brings into into mind that that whole notion of a personal God. Mm-hmm. Someone that you you can talk to.
2: There you go. Personal God. Personal God. Right. Um so the and and so those who believe in a personal God, creator, do not think the universe is in itself worshipful, though devoted study of it may be one of the ways of honoring him. And while as living creatures we are in part within it, and part of it, our ideas of God and ways of expressing them will be largely derived from contemplating the world about us. Though there is also revelation both addressed to all men and to particular persons. Um, all right, so he says our ideas of God and ways of expressing them will be largely derived from contemplating the world around us. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's where he kind of ties everything back to that to contemplation, which came earlier in the letter. And um, in, in relating all of this to, you know, to knowing God maybe being the, the purpose of life. So he lands on, so it may be said that the chief purpose of life for any one of us is to increase according to our capacity our knowledge of God by all the means we have and to be moved <clears throat> by it to praise and thanks. And that's where he brings in the Gloria. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, what he quotes here, to do as we say in the Gloria and Excelsis, Laudamus te, benedicamus te, adoramus te, glorificamus te. So this is... um. This is from the liturgy, uh, the Roman Catholic liturgy for the Mass, um, what he what he says in Latin here, which is translated, we praise you, we call you holy, we worship you, we proclaim your glory, we thank you for the greatness of your splendor. Um, and he relates that to the song of the three children in Daniel, uh, in, in the book of Daniel.
3: Which would, isn't that technically Apocrypha? It says Daniel 2.
2: I, I, we, we, we talked about I was, that. Un- we did talk about this earlier. I know, un- and I'm just like, yesterday.
3: it's so funny that it's come I, up again.
2: I, I don't think it is. I don't. I, th- I don't think what he's saying here is. I don't. I don't know where where that question is coming from. Uh, we can talk about that probably offline. But.
3: Oh no! I was just wondering because I was not familiar yeah. with Daniel two.
2: Well, I. I okay. I, I'm. Side I'm note. not sure what to tell you. It's. It's part of. Yeah. The Book of Daniel. That's a that's a whole other question. Okay. Like we're bringing a, a question we were talking we were talking about.
3: Sorry for the sidetrack. This is going
2: to become a Catholicism podcast. Um. Uh. So, but anyway, he refers to he refers to some scripture there and saying, "The um, moments of exaltation, we be calling all created things to join in our chorus, speaking on their behalf, as is done in Psalm 148." So, basically, where he lands is that all of creation, including human beings, but the stars, the sun, the moon. Um, all of that exists to, um, to praise God, right. To praise this personal God that's behind, behind it all. Um, uh, so. Which
3: means that would be our purpose as well. Right. And therefore that's the meaning of life or the purpose of life. Exactly. To glorify God.
2: Um, and I'm trying to look up because the, the song of the three children is, I'm going to read a little bit of it for y'all. The song of the three children is in is used very frequently in the liturgy of the hours of the Roman Catholic Church. And let me see if I can find it. Is it tomorrow? Will it be tomorrow? Morning prayer on two of the four Sundays. Uh not this one. Let's see here. So this would be Um Oh, you know where it would have been last week. It would have been on. um, Wait a minute.
3: You're doing that Saturday.
2: Oh yeah, I am. It it would have been uh, on the Feast of the Assumption, which was.
3: Oh, because that was a solemnity. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I this is exciting. I know for everybody listening to be
2: type. All right, here we go. Don't
3: worry, it'll be worth it, people.
2: It's from the book of Daniel. I'll just read a little bit of it, and it's like, Bless the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise and exalt Him above all forever. Angels of the Lord, bless the Lord. You heavens, bless the Lord. All you waters above the heavens, bless the Lord. All you hosts of the Lord, bless the Lord. Sun and moon, bless the Lord. Stars of heaven, bless the Lord. Every shower and dew, bless the Lord. All you winds, bless the Lord. Fire and heat, bless the Lord. Cold and chill, Bless the Lord dew and rain bless the lord frost and chill bless the lord ice and snow bless the lord nights and days bless the lord light and darkness bless the lord lightning's and clouds bless the lord and that's just part of it but that's this whole litany of of praise right yeah. there mm-hmm. of like you human writing this but telling all of creation to bless to bless the, bless lord, the lord right yeah. so that's what tolkien arrives at right that that's what he arrives at is the purpose of life It's um, really
3: interesting how I got there
2: Yeah and you know I I mean, I would have loved to hear him write more on this and maybe edit it a little bit, but, you know, again, he was writing to this, you know, and she probably just wrote down, Professor Tolkien said, praising God is the right. is the reason for, is the purpose of life. You know, she probably didn't deal too much, but he felt the need to, you know, to lay all this out in maybe maybe a slightly haphazard fashion, but I think he, uh, ultimately, you can follow his logic, and um, and it is a very... Uh, very Christian a very Catholic logic oh yeah, um
3: absolutely uh
2: some things I might have said a little differently myself, but um but what 's uh, one point I want to end on here is we talked last week about the Lord of the Rings t v show, and i saw so I saw this somebody tweeted earlier this week, uh some random person um tweeted that tolkien wasn 't really like a devout Catholic, he was just like a um uh uh, he was just pretending because it was culture, you know, he, he culturally he had to be a Christian because you know, it was the only way to have a good career and everything like that. And I mean, it was just, it's just an asinine thing to say. It's like, there's Mount, there's so much evidence and like, there's just no reason, like, it's just stupid thing to doubt it. It's like the same people who like want to argue that Jesus never existed. Right. It's like, yeah, come on. Right. Like, you know, I, I see what you're trying to do, but that's stupid. Um, and so, but but part of me also maybe understood where this person was coming from and because I think they have some kind of, they may be like a pagan themselves or something like that. And so they wanted to argue that Tolkien really wanted to be a pagan and all this kind of stuff because of, you know, like, so be, in a pagan meaning like somebody who like believes there's like a kind of a polytheist, like believes in like multiple gods and mm-hmm. everything like that. I've heard people put forth this argument, even Catholics, some like really, conservative Catholics will actually condemn Lord of the Rings and Tolkien's works because they have a, they claim they have a polytheistic view of the world because of like the Valar and everything like that. Mm. But they, they don't understand because who's the one that the va- everybody actually right. worships Eru, Eru right? Eluvatar, yeah, right, right. right. Who's, who's God. Um, so that, that got, that got me a little riled up reading that this person saying that, but it also got me thinking a lot about, um, you know, how is religion going to play into the second age? Because actually the religion is a very important aspect of the second age of mm-hmm. middle. So I'm really hoping they take some time to get the TV show. Right. The second age religion, because on Numenor, the Dunadine, right. They had mental Tarma, which was their holy mountain, which mm-hmm. was where they would go. And who would they praise? They would praise God. Right. That was the center of, they had it. They had a religion in Numenor mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. to worship the true God. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah, hmm. so um, and that's part of the reason I think I want to go back and do a deep dive on the second age. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so we actually see that reflected, you know, uh, not only in Tolkien's own personal thought, but also really when you get down to it in his works. So yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so it's a complex question, but uh, but I, I you know, I wanted to hear what old Tolkien had to say. Yeah. Our, what our boy had to say on uh the
3: purpose of on life. the purpose of life. Which is it's really so interesting. Sum-y. It's really interesting cause I this is, you know, Catholic or not, like if you're a Christian, this is totally something you can get on board with. Yeah. You know? I mean, even the the Baltimore Catechism will say, mm-hmm. you know, why I mean, I can't remember the exact words, but it's basically why oh uh, why uh why did God make you? Right? Yeah. He he made you to to enjoy, you know, to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, this is something that's, I feel like anybody who calls themselves a Christian could agree with.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That this
3: really is our purpose in life.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would have loved, would have loved more to the letter, um, but, uh, but it was, you know.
3: Well, it's funny because Tolkien ends you saying this is much too long and also much too short. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> got to, got to remember that last line no, on such a question. That is a very Tolkien thing to yes. say. Mm-hmm. Um, do not go to the L's for they will say both no and yes. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. So that's what we got. That's yeah. what we have for you all this week. Little uh, you know, just just something a little light for you. Just talking yeah, about right. the purpose of life. Yeah. So just the meaning your, of life. Yeah, you know,
3: yeah. Just something chill on the weekend. Just
2: mm-hmm. you know. Um, we will do our best to get caught up on correspondence next on the next episode.
3: Yeah.
2: And so sorry for those who we have not uh, uh, read yet on the podcast. And, uh, but we will definitely get you caught up here at some point. Do not forget, um, go over to the website, com and Hey, you know, start, uh, we'd love to hear from, we'd love to hear your voices on SpeakPipe. Yeah. That, so, that's
3: going to be fun. I think it
2: will. I, I just hope people use it. So, um, and, and then remember, you know, ask us the burning questions in your mind about tolkien and we look forward to doing those Q and A episodes eventually.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. So, all right. Thanks right. for listening, guys.
2: Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will talk at you next time.
3: Yeah, we will. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye.
2: We almost forgot to thank our patrons. It's all Greta's fault. I blame it on her.
3: Mm-hmm. Actually, can we please set the record straight? It was, I'm the reason that we're actually thanking them right now.
2: This is true. Yep. Um, Al Taylor. Andrew Herbert. Andrew Thomas.
3: Asia Azia Viner.
2: Bethany Engler,
3: Brendan Corkery, Brian Orr, Caitlin Howell, Kat Lane, Chris Loftus, Chuck Farnung, Connor Fogarty,
2: Daniel Delaney,
3: David, I can't see, David Bates, oh
2: yeah I was like that's not a hard one to say, (laughs) David Bigwood,
3: (laughs) Amelia Perea,
2: Hunter Johns,
3: Ish of the Hammer,
2: James Applegate,
3: James Lindbergh,
2: Joe Towns,
3: John Rice,
2: Margaret Lyon,
3: Matt Scarence.
2: Robert Franks Sarah Murphy Shannon Stockbridge
3: Teresa Colangelo Ty Miller Tyler Shelley
2: Dr. William Hutton
3: and Zeke Farmer
2: Thanks y'all Thank you guys And now we will really talk at Yeah we day.
3: really will So be here Bye-bye. Bye guys